1: Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
2: Good Tuesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanillo with Jim Cramer at the New York Stock Exchange. David Faber is in Austin at Tesla's annual shareholder meeting day, and he'll be live with Elon Musk tonight. A CNBC special presentation, 6 o'clock Eastern time. You cannot. Missed that. Meantime, it's a packed morning. Retail sales returns to growth, debt ceiling, Home Depot cuts guidance, some big misses in China and Europe. Our roadmap begins with Home Depot shares sinking. Retailer lowers his forecast after posting the worst revenue miss in about 20 years. Plus, quote, no barrier to higher rates. That's the message from Barkin today. If inflation persists and EV competition, David is in Texas to talk to Elon Musk and Ford scaling back some China investments. Let's get to David in Texas with more on tonight, David. And we were just talking about the range of topics that you'll be able to cover, whether it's cars, space, media, macro. It's going to be incredible.
1: Uh, Well, we certainly hope so. Uh, Obviously, we'll be coming out of the Tesla shareholder meeting. So we're curious to see what questions Mr. Musk takes during that meeting, whether there's anything that's worthy of follow up. Certainly, that will be top of mind, guys, especially given the interest certainly of our viewers as well in terms of Tesla and its importance. Uh, That said, Carl, you're right. Uh, There is no shortage of other topics, as always, to discuss with Mr. Musk. And as often as he may do interviews or communicate, it seems like almost every day brings new things to discuss. Um, You know, today, some reports about uh, a memo he has sent in terms of, let me review all hiring plans and things of that nature. So uh, no shortage, whether it's Tesla, whether it's the recent hire of Linda Iacarino to run Twitter as its CEO, whether it is obviously new developments in AI, including Sam Altman on the Hill today, uh, and whether it's SpaceX or Starlink, you can go on and on. Uh, that's what should, we hope, make it a fascinating interview and certainly looking forward quite a few hours from now Stell, to sitting down with, uh, with Elon Musk.
3: Now, David, is it, your focus, because you're there, the possibility of, of – Leading with auto and EV, or is it just there's so much on your plate that you can start anywhere?
1: I kind of feel like, Jim, that, you know, uh, from an important slash news perspective, Tesla will be top of mind. So you don't want to ever give it away. But if Elon's listening, I doubt he is. That's probably <laughs> where we'll start. Um, but that said, um, As you know, you've watched many things that he's done. I have certainly as well. You never know where you're going to go because he certainly is going to move the topics around as well. And so we're going to be prepared to go wherever he wants, um,
3: including to Mars. Well, David, I'll tell you something
1: that we want to talk about.
3: I don't know whether we've had a transcendent figure in business in our lifetimes other than this gentleman. transcendent meaning as as Edison was, uh, transcendent meaning as, say, J.P. Morgan was, uh, you know, someone who's so influential that he can be his own personal trend. I've never seen it. That's why I think it's such a such a great thing to have you down there. I, no one's ever defined an era in your, in my lifetime. Th- this man has. Um, you know,
1: listen, we say it all the time. He's the most consequential businessman on the planet, um, and it's not, uh, it's not in the realm of creating new apps or anything like that, right? It's rocket ships, it's cars, obviously the leader in EV. And your point's a, an important one, I think, Jim. Uh, he's coming from having met with uh, Emmanuel Macron yesterday in France because they're seeking perhaps to get Tesla to become more involved in their economy. And that just gives you a sense, doesn't it, in terms of his, his importance. Um, and then on Twitter, controlling that platform as he does. Uh, and the elections around the world and the role that, that uh, Twitter can play. So, yeah, um, you know, some people might want to make the comparison, for example, with Steve Jobs uh, in some way. But uh, he's a unique character. There's no doubt about it.
2: Uh, meantime, uh, the AI element, I think, is going to be interesting. You mentioned the Sam Altman hearing uh, and some of these 13Fs, Jim, where it appears a lot of the big players. Miller is a great example of his stake in NVIDIA. I mean, people are
3: playing this big time. Well, look, I think that they have to. Uh, when you go over, when you speak with the executives at these major companies, the first thing they tell you is, you know, you, know, you haven't thought about what we're doing in AI. And I, I think that you come back over and over again to NVIDIA. Like if NVIDIA, if Jensen Wong is seen with someone, it's kind of an endorsement that they have figured out how to do it. And I think we keep forgetting this is a repudiation of the way that we have felt computing power is going on for years, which was shrink it, Moore's Law, make it smaller, make it smaller, make it smaller, and keep it make it a little more powerful. And then along comes this man who just says, Well, look, that's that is conventional weaponry. I have atomic weaponry. My atomic weapon, he goes much faster, is much more powerful. And all of the things that you've been doing before this simply don't work. And the fact that Jensen was with Sam Waltman in 2016, 2017 saying this was rather remarkable. The fact that he was willing to show it to people and it meant nothing to chat GPT is rather extraordinary because anyone who would listen to Jensen, anyone Carl knew that he had something special. But people weren't listening. And some of it is because he's inherently not promotional. Some of it is this, he, he's so brilliant that a lot of us couldn't. I often call him Da Vinci. We couldn't see what he was saying. we not. Our brains aren't big enough. Yeah.
2: And as for Altman, David, I mean, again, takes you right back to Musk, uh, who is expect and Altman is expected to tell regulators today that, or at least the Senate, that regulation is quote essential. And I, it'll be curious to see if his view dovetails with Musk's.
1: Yeah, well, listen. Musk is amongst a number of the leaders as well who've a, a called for a pause uh, in the development uh, from at least right here in terms of ChatGPT. Four, um, he is potentially launching his own um, his own service of some kind, XAI. Uh, he was one of the most, if not the single most important investors in OpenAI. So yes, there's no doubt that this is an important area to discuss with him. Not to mention, of course that he has shared concerns that I have certainly shared as well um, in terms of what does this mean for humanity, including will it actually be
3: the end of humanity? So, yeah, just a few things to discuss on that. David, uh, on that issue, uh, Jensen would tell you that they're working on guardrails, everyone's working on guardrails, but I think that in in darker moments, he might say it can't be stopped. I mean, it's just the way it is. It's just something that is just going to go where we don't know. We want it to go somewhere productive. But, David, I think that if you, if you ask the man that you were about to speak to at 6 o'clock whether something really nefarious could come from this, I think he'd say it's already happening. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he has, in previous interviews, he's certainly given
1: some sense as to his view of, of the dark path it could go down. And that's, I think, in part why he is concerned and asking for that pause. Um, yeah. Jim. I, I, I think that's true. Um, I don't know. Did you listen to uh, Nadella this morning? Of course, Andrew Sorkin, yes. having done an interview with him because he seems to believe that they can sort of twin the guardrails and the development in an effective yeah. way. I'm not sure everybody agrees.
3: Well, it, it, look, there is a bit of a business uh, angle. I mean, if you want this to if you want to be ahead in the game, do you have to bring in Microsoft? Now, I don't think you sit there—by the way, Alpha said the same thing. I don't think you sit there and say, listen, we're not the guys because we haven't been able to think big. Uh, David, but think big often it comes to someone—I mean, I, I was—well, I was watching. People have to go back to the things that Andy Jassy said when he wrote his letter. They directly talked about the idea of facial recognition and government and how important it is. You now, David, facial recognition and government, you know that's the PRC. We don't want facial recognition and you saying things to me that aren't really you talking to me, not really me. And we've changed everything that we feel about ourselves and the government owns us. But that's you could easily say that that's what Amazon could in the wrong hands be able to do already.
1: Yeah, well, we've looked at the development of A.I., not to mention 5G services in terms of the surveillance society in China, for example, Jim, and seen the tools they have available to them. Uh, to make sure they are aware of virtually everything that's said and done.
3: Yeah. Well, I mean, Carl, I don't know. I I think that when we hear what the man who probably could do more with it than anyone in the world has to say about it, Elon Musk, I think all of us will be shaking if he goes to where we hadn't even thought we could go. Yeah.
2: Finally, as for China, David, um, some of the macro data overnight uh, was not good on industrial production you got youth unemployment there, back above 20%. You got Farley of Ford telling the FT that there's no guarantee Western automakers are going to win in China. It's going to be, and there's a good chance at least, it will be the BYDs and Teslas that'll succeed there at least.
1: There's a look at yeah, what yeah. Farley told the FT. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's your man, Farley, Jim. Uh, you well, know, and was, they have had a sort of a. Uh, you know, a, a jocular relationship to a certain extent, joking a bit back
3: and forth, Musk and, and Farley. Well, I am so glad that Farley's doing this because they've done by far the worst in China. Now, Mary Barra, GM's done much better. But Jim Farley will make no cars where he can't make money. That's his that's his M.O. That's why he had a good quarter. Nobody seemed to care. This is really much needed. David, he was getting he was getting his butt kicked in China and He's a winner, Farley, and he doesn't like that. He raced well this weekend, by the way. So I I just think, David, when you see that, what you recognize is what Carl's saying, which is, you know what, China's a lot harder than we thought. Uh, Let's get out if we can't win. And that's a big deal to see Farley admit. You know what, we're not winning in China. We're not going to lose in China. I like that. Good. Good.
2: Really really quick, guys, while we have some time, let's touch on Depot today. It's down in the pre-market, but off the lows of the morning. The company did post its worst quarterly revenue miss in about 20 years. They cite lumber deflation, bad weather, softening demand. And then they cut the full-year guide. They expect sales and comps to go down 2 to 5. Prior was flat. Transactions down four eight. Jim, um, how much of this was a surprise?
3: Uh, look, the California aspect, you know, one-fifth of the country is California. And we should all be able to figure out that the weather's bad, whatever. But there was softening demand throughout the country, and there's softening demand for hard goods. This is a continual theme, hard goods. It could be grills this time, appliances. We are full up as a country with everything we need. We bought everything that there was to buy for our homes. And the new projects, at the Home Depot has a lot of contract work. Uh, are not as big as we thought. And we have these unbelievably low mortgage rates, so people don't want to move. It is a static world for Home Depot. Now, Home Depot is such a great company. They're going to do just fine. But, I, you know, Carl, I've got to tell you, the more I think about it, the more I realize the era of COVID was so fundamental in how we spent money whether it be PCs, we bought every PC we needed. We bought everything, every appliance we needed. We bought everything from Whirlpool we needed. Suddenly I start thinking, well, if we lose travel, then maybe we're just hunkering down. And by the way, David talks a lot about commercial real estate. There have been some changes in the way David's, uh, that commercial real estate is recognized. Banks are supposed to be recognizing right now problems. I don't know how many banks are recognizing but you're going to come into this zone, David, where the only thing people are buying are cars, and you'll help us on that.
1: Well, Jim, when is the last time these guys sort of lowered
3: expectations in this way? This is this is 20 years. It's 20 years. It's rather incredible. Which is
2: interesting, because if you look at the the consumption or the breakdown of retail sales this morning, building materials was actually positive. Uh, but right. sporting goods, department stores, uh, furniture, electronics, Jim, to your point, all negative.
3: Yeah. I mean, yesterday, it was very, barely looked at, Shantan and Orion, because the announcement with Dragonfly was so exciting. But sporting goods, holy cow. And yet, Dick's has some good numbers. But um, anything that's hard goods, I certainly don't want to be in that industry. Now, I had Whirlpool on. And Whirlpool, they had a lot of supply chain problems, and now they are doing better. And they bought in and doing that. And Dr. Bitzer would tell you, listen, before you give up on me, understand we yield 5 percent. We have a lot of cash. But that's not been a reason to buy things. Uh, there's just a sense overall that the consumer is reconsidering everything. And, Carl, I didn't think that would happen so quickly. Yeah.
2: Interesting note out of Bernstein today on PCs, on semis. Uh, Stacy Rascon argues that Maybe another quarter or two in this correction, but we're basically normalizing
3: with what okay. we we're doing pre-COVID. Rascon's right because what's going to happen is this that there's going to be a new system. Now, one of the things that that I don't know with the time frame, but it, Advanced Micro is working with HP to be developed to develop a next generation PC. Next generation PC is going to get people uh, off the couch and do some buy. We haven't had a reason to do it. Western Digital yesterday, in that potential merger with the Japanese companies, getting ready for this. Uh, Micron stock was up huge. Sanjay, Marotra's getting ready for this. Sanjay, by the way, uh, is a two-quarter away guy, if I can put words yeah. in his mouth. But you can't wait for Look, I think Intel is going to be left behind. The, the ones that are up now are largely auto, uh, except for Taiwan Semi's everything. But I just see, when you look at LAM Research, that's the best example. Uh, LAM is doing very well. Well, they shouldn't be doing very well if there's no new uh, chips being made, but you order LAM, and the Chinese were ordering $2 billion worth of LAM. they not allowed to, but that could be the first to turn because there's something Like, I don't need a new grill. I have seen the world. And the the grills grills, don't get better as. (laughs) My grill, I have a Weber, and I saw a Traeger, and I saw like a Blackstone, and I'd rather give my money to Larry Fink than give my money to that Blackstone, for heaven's sake. I like my Blackstone more than his Blackstone. But I will say this I I want a new PC. Yep, yep. I want a PC that I can talk to and say, listen, I had a great time last night at Gramercy. Uh, Could you book me there again? Which is what's going to (laughs) happen.
2: Uh, on top of that, we got a lot of Fed speak—at least half a dozen speakers—and now more data with IP. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Hey, Rick.
4: Yes, Carl. We're expecting our read on in April for industrial production capacity utilization. They're hitting the wires for industrial production. Expectations are for unchanged number, much better up, half a one percent, up half one percent. That's the nicest, biggest month-over-month change since January, when it was up nearly up. One percent. Now, if we look at utilization, 79.7 exactly as expected. A little light uh, with respect to the rearview mirror, which still stands at 79.8 in the rearview mirror. 79.7 actually is the lightest level since February. So we see that utilization rates remain a bit sluggish, under 80. But industrial production definitely ramped up a bit. And late revisions coming in, 79.8 for utilization last month drops down to 79.4. We see interest rates are up across the yield curve. Much of that was better than expected. Retail sales at 830 Eastern. Squawk on the street will return after a short break.
0: The spirit of performance defines Acura, and now it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura has been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com.
5: What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager.
3: As we wait for the opening
2: bell, let's get Kramer's mad dash.
3: Yeah, I just had great joy watching Becky do an amazing job uh, with Warren and Charlie and just enjoyed them. And it was a great clinic. And one of the things they talk about is they're sane people, they're rational people, and they bought a stake, $950 million in Capital One. Now, to many of our viewers, Capital One is a very high, expensive credit card that you use. To me, Capital One is a guy by the name of Fairbank, who is the CEO, who, is ma- ma- who has really managed every downturn and done it in a way that people say, well, wait a second, how did he not get wiped out by people who uh, took credit cards down with very high rates? And the answer is is because he's one of the great lenders of our time. So I think it was remarkable. I happen to like Fairbank very much. He taught me how to do this. Uh, it's just a very like methodical way to say, look, this is how you really lend. And Buffett's endorsement is a fantastic one. Now, a lot of people are talking about a short squeeze about to happen in the uh, a, a lot of the mid-caps. So be aware that it looks like there could be a bit of a revenge trade here against people who feel that there's money coming out of the banks. And here, typically, it's the Ohio banks, if mm. you want to know those. those. Mm. And an endorsement buyer, the finest banker of our existence, yeah. that Capital One is uh, is doing very who, well. Who
2: some thought was souring on financials as exactly. an idea. Not to mention resumptions today of Western Alliance and First Horizon out of B of a with oh, the First
3: Horizon, that's what I spoke to Brian Jordan. They are doing so well. Well, remember they had a $13 billion bid. It walked away. They didn't even want the bid. It's at $5 billion. They are doing fantastically. When I just spoke to them, it's all systems go. So there could be uh, Capital One plus plus First Horizon plus the Western. Maybe the shorts have had their day in this crap. And if you, by the way, if you think this Schwab, Schwab, Schwab well, is I, the, the yeah.
2: I was gonna, the only the other thing I would add was AXP delinquencies stable year on year yes. in April. Yes,
3: yes, I. Don't think that Steve Squirey has done a remarkable job getting no credit whatsoever. There are a lot of people in this world, including uh, Mr. Jordan from First Horizon, who have just been really conservative, good bankers. And it's a shame that they got caught up in what was something that was kind of a, a rogue bank in Silicon Valley. Yeah.
2: We'll watch the financials. But Speaking of travel, by the way, we'll get to some upgrades of Expedia and RCL today. Opening bell coming up in about five minutes. Don't go away.
5: Let's get straight to the point.
2: it doesn't seem to mean yet that, that they want it. It just seems that they want to look like they're in a meeting, but they're not They're not talking anything serious. And in the meantime, we just watched the CBO come out and say we're $100 billion further in debt. And so uh, Do you- it seems more like they want a default than a deal. At Speaker McCarthy yesterday with his take on the debt ceiling talks. This afternoon, of course, the president... And congressional leaders are set to resume discussions aimed at breaking the impasse and averting a potential default. Meantime, Jim, uh, Yellen says, quote, time is running out and even what's happening right now is costing us.
3: Yeah, uh, this overnight paper, the month paper, what she has not even commented on yet was the tax receipts were really light. So, I mean, could there be a, a May surprise? Uh, well, that will certainly hurt the president, because the president's going overseas, he's leaving T- for Tomorrow, Japan. going to Japan. Uh, I think it's a very no. ill-advised Ill- trip, because I think that when you heard Speaker McCarthy, you don't know if he's in control of his party. Uh, he doesn't want to lose his job. I think that giving in to, on the first proposal will lose his job. And I know the speaker, uh, he's hard fought to get that job. He's not going to give it up by just saying, OK, we've got something here from, from Biden, let's roll with it. That's not going to happen. Not.
2: I think we have some sound of what the Treasury Secretary said just a few moments ago. Take a listen. The
3: default could cause widespread suffering as Americans lose the income they need to get by. And the resulting income shock could lead to a recession that destroys many American jobs and businesses would crack open the foundations upon which our financial system is v- built. And it's very conceivable that we'd see a number of financial markets break with worldwide panic triggering margin calls, runs, and fire sales. Not unusual. I mean, if you go back to 2011, there was a feeling that all this seemed to happen. And then after the debt downgrade, everyone just presumed it would be a recession. The stocks that rallied were all defensive, uh, with the exception of Chipotle. And so what I, I do fear is that people don't recognize that there, people felt it was already too late by this point, 2011. Already too late. Interesting.
2: We'll monitor that action this afternoon, of course. In the meantime, opening bell and the CNBC real-time exchange at the big board, it's revenue, celebrating its recent launch as a science-based solutions company and at the NASDAQ. It's Women in Leadership Global doing the honors as we uh, hang on to 41.25 here. B this morning pointed out, Jim, if you look at the S&P or gold or the VIX, they're all pricing in 4 to 5, 6% probability of a crisis. It's the rates markets that are double that.
3: Yeah, the rates markets are saying, listen, it's just not going to come together. Uh, I don't like to disagree with the rate markets. Uh, by the way, copper, but you could say that's China. Uh, we're, we're, the copper has been, is terrible. The defensive stocks continue to act well, and then the super uh, the super techs uh, are, uh, today they're taking a little breather, but they tend to come back. So I still believe that there's a level of hope here that is shocking given the level of rancor there. And I don't get it. It isn't like S- Speaker McCarthy is saying, you know what, we're closing in. He's saying we're going further. So uh, Carl, I, I have no reassurance whatsoever. That, that things are going to work out well. And the president getting on a plane? I mean, he better cave this evening. Cave. And by that, you mean? Say, OK, listen, um, we're willing to make substantial cuts. We're willing to do what President Biden did. I mean, when you go back over the minute by minute President Biden, was almost like the Cuban Missile Crisis. I mean, he was like, OK, I'll do it. It was really a profile encouraged to borrow something from President Kennedy, where the president just said, OK, I'll do it. I don't want to do it, but I'll do it. David, yesterday
2: uh, we talked to Larry Tribe, though, about this 14th Amendment uh, legal process, which he argues is the really the only way to clear the decks, unless you want to keep doing this year after year after year.
1: Yeah, you know, though, I, I've talked to a number of people who wonder whether we wouldn't still get a market reaction of some significance should the, the 14th Amendment be used, um, guys, and that it wouldn't necessarily work. and preventing some of the very things that Yellen just described even if you were to do it with the prospect being that it would go to the Supreme Court and that there would be this judicial review of course as to whether it actually is constitutional. So I don't know Jim what you've been hearing but most of the people I've spoken to at least about this as a, as a possibility have dismissed it more because it wouldn't necessarily help to calm the markets in their opinion uh, as much as might be thought.
3: Right. Well, look. I think it's pure. Gets sent sent back to. You got to look at the, the Supreme Court's made up of. Gets sent back to Congress. If anything, those would be trialing days for our markets. Where I think you and I, David, might be thinking: Should they close the stock exchange? Should the stock exchange be open during that period? Uh, because it would be, uh, as we wait for the court to hear the arguments. We would not be able to pay anybody anything. So I don't think it's so weird to think that the that the stock exchange can't open.
1: Uh, we're not going to revisit that again, are we?
3: <laughs> well, I I, I, I I don't know. Have you,
1: by the way, those yelling comments, guys? I mean, has she been as um concerning as she just was there in terms of what she no, said? That was has she new, Been using that language. The very foundations of our
3: financial system. No, that was a fright level that, I mean, where she's basically saying that it's catastrophic. I'd like to think that those words would mean that the president wouldn't go to Japan because that undercuts her whole catastrophe thesis. Well, it's catastrophic, but I'll talk to you later. No, it's catastrophic. I'm canceling the trip and we're going to get it done. That's what has to happen. We all know that. It does seem fanciful.
1: um, I would hope, Jim, and I think there are others who believe as well that while it is difficult to sort of measure tax receipts, and the date did move up on us. That they had given themselves a bit of padding here when they say June first. So. That it really Dave, isn't
3: June first. David, there's only one man—at least the middle of June, if not later. David, there's only one man who I want to hear from on this. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Elon. Don't Boston. say it.
1: <laughs> no, I'm not gonna. We're not talking about the debt ceiling. I know. I don't, I don't,
3: no. All well, right. We'll, well, there's you so many other yeah. things. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I do feel that I did not like the language of Yellen because it seemed to directly contradict her president. Uh, Her president, who is being so calm and being so, uh, I'd say, reassuring. Where David, there's no need to reassure when we can't, might not. When you look at that month, month T bill, what is that thing saying to you? I mean, it's not Zimbabwe, but I mean Zimbabwe's big breakout in hyperinflation, or is it the deflation of Weimar? I mean, before the inflation, I don't like what I see, David. And we keep acting no. as if there's something that, that that in the end there's just this great meeting and everybody hugs each other. No.
1: No. Hugs. No. That doesn't say bye 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 to you right there. No, no it does not. Say, no, I've, I've not been in? hitting the. I've not You're been 5. hitting
3: the bye 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 I've not been hitting that. button. <laughs> there is isn't of A survey um, today.
2: Of- will the limit be raised by the X date? 70 percent. Yes.
3: I mean, the investor base believes it. Right. Now, the one thing it's good is that the, the cash positions are the same as 2009. The thing that's bad is that was when we didn't know if the Republic was going to hold. David, the Republic... Uh, when you're in another country, let's say you're in uh, very well-run countries that are emerging democracies in, in uh, East Asia, <laughs> David, they're laughing. They're laughing. They want to tell us, you've got to get your act together. You taught us how to get our act together. Now you're like, behaving like the way we did before we realized that there's a way to be able to have a budget and run our country. David, we are not among the Council of Nations when it comes to figuring out how to pay our bills.
1: Uh, clearly, that seems to be the case, Jim. Um, we all hope for otherwise, maybe in the days a- uh, ahead. Um, guys, I want to stay in Washington, but a different story, but one that is certainly um, reverberating in my world of m and which is our FTC, our very aggressive FTC, reports that it will seek to block Amgen's uh, purchase of Horizon Therapeutics, some of our viewers may recall this deal it was announced a while back. It was supposed to close perhaps as soon as May 23rd, worth about $27.8 billion cash deal. There you see horizon shares down sharply. Um, a lot of people caught on the wrong side of this with the expectation that what would the FTC really see here as a as a key problem? Um, but they apparently do. Now, this is reports, although a wide variety of them from, well, well, uh, of uh, news organizations of, of, of good repute. So, you know, we'll say that this seems likely and not perhaps unexpected from this FTC. Uh, Elizabeth Warren has expressed some concerns about the deal as well, talking about brazen price increases by both companies, particularly about um, Mgens Enbrel, uh, an arthritis drug. Right. Um, two fast-growing drugs here we're talking about, I think Tepeza and uh, Cristexa. Uh, They both are orphan drugs. But again, a question now will be what do we hear from the FTC? Where do they file? Do they file in California where they think they may get a sympathetic judge? Do they go with an administrative law judge the way they have so far in Microsoft Activision? We'll see. And then what do the companies choose to do? One would expect they may choose to fight given uh, many people would say they have a strong argument. And then, Jim, there is this larger question of innovation. Uh, And, you know, so many of these companies, these smaller companies, Attract the funding, get the science, get the drugs to a point where then they can sell. And if you cut that off as a possibility, one has to wonder whether you also are cutting off at least to a certain extent uh, some pipeline of innovation here because you don't have the prospect of an easy sale if the federal regulators are going to say no, no, no.
3: Yeah, David, I do a lot of work with the American Brain Foundation, American Migraine Foundation, and what you're hoping is that the companies that are really good get to communicate and judge the companies that are smaller to be able to figure out how to conquer disease. So you'll have a company like Amgen doing work with lupus, a terrible disease, and it's entirely possible that you may see something from Horizon that really is good on lupus because you know you have lupus people. They don't want this, the government. They are saying that that this is a case where it's absolutely certain that there be competition between Horizon and Amgen. David, this is antithetical to how you figure out what drugs might work. You can have an outfit like just, you know, everybody just say, you know what? If I'm in cancer, I'm going hard because they don't know how to do art. There are, Amgen has an expertise here that's not being allowed to be used. I thought this was shocking, David, just shocking, because when I do this stuff with the Brain Foundation, you can't have a company that's very good at uh, at developing artificial knees, trying to figure out what to do with the
0: cerebellum.
1: Yeah. Uh, you're not alone, of course. You're not alone, given, um, given the expectations as well. Uh, that this deal would get done, $116.50 for each share in cash, of course. Uh, and it was a 48% premium to the close. That was back in the fall, late fall, when it was announced. But... Uh, you're not alone, Jim. You can see from the market reaction. Of course, there was not an expectation, perhaps, built into the marketplace. Some, but many thought, you know, because there were reports that the FTC was meeting over the weekend. Yeah. People were like, "Come on, are they really going to try and challenge this one too?" But apparently, they are. Again, we have yet to hear from the FTC. I should make look, that look.
3: I, I, look, I get it with Activision, but look, I still think the gaming thing is not that important. But. Uh, but if you're Amgen and you found something that might be great for lupus and you have a real army of people who can help, wow, if you have lupus right now, you're thinking, who the heck is Lena Khan to make it so that I might not have a drug that could change my life? And that's who you're going to be up against if you push this stuff. This is not Jonathan Cantor saying, you know what, Stephen King says we need five publishers. This is something about every mother, in this country, who has a kid who has lupus is saying, is this really the way we're going? Not have great companies, a great company get together, a small company to try to cure what my son or daughter has. I think this is outrageous. And this is the this is the overreach that I keep that I hope that somebody like like amjun takes him to court and says this has to end. This is a tyranny of price versus a tyranny of this versus of hope. And I, I'll tell you, people who have lupus should be up in arms about this.
2: Uh, Meantime, Jim, we mentioned uh, some of the upgrades in travel. uh, Doing pretty well today. Expedia gets upped by Gordon Haskett, and then Argus takes Royal Caribbean to buy 88. um, As, I don't know, these consumption numbers, Goldman says, are even better in retail sales. Their model is going to have to be revised higher. Look, uh,
3: Royal Caribbean's a great bargain. Uh, We have this thing, you have this wave season. Everyone had a great wave season. Royal Caribbean did a gigantic uh, equity offering, still a little bit higher. They preserved themselves. Uh, Unfortunately, uh, Frank Del Rio is retiring at Norwegian. He's done a terrific job. The only ones that I'm really hoping for, David, maybe you have a line on Where's the Disney Cruises? Or are they just such an irrelevant speck versus, say, maybe getting a Saturday night playoff game in the NFL? (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was the question Jim I'm, I'm trying well, to pick like up saying, on that Disney has cruise ships
3: a lot of, lot, lot of yes. bird traffic in my Dis- ear here Disney has know, cruise ships hearing. and you never hear about yeah. how well the cruise cuz it's not that big a fleet but you do recognize that Disney has so many good things but that in the end we're still uh, dealing with the idea of the debt load and of the of the of linear, like you keep talking about Yet here are these here's these companies that are just doing so well on travel. You would think that the Disney theme parks would be the focus. But if they're the focus, they're only about a governor versus a CEO.
1: That is uh, certainly captured a lot of people's attention, the continued tension between uh, Governor DeSantis in Florida and the company itself. Of course, Disney and what they're allowed or not allowed to do any longer in Orlando. Um, And you're right. uh, We don't really talk about the. uh, we don't talk about the cruises too often. But we do talk about parks, which is by far the real engine of profitability at the company right now. Fortunately, in many ways, kind of, Jim Wright, the sole engine. I hear you saying positive things, though. So are you uh, are you like trying travel. to say that $91.96 is a good spot?
3: I, I certainly am because I look at the situation there, and I think you get the right CEO in. Bob Iger's going to try to find the right person. And you look at the IP and you look at the valuation versus uh, – uh, you know, pretty much by anybody, but you know, you, you can certainly look at the valuation versus other cable companies and say, this is just wrong. It's uh, just wrong.
2: Uh, on a similar vein, uh, Netflix today, a, a J.P. Morgan, thing. Doug Anmuth, says this strike may be delaying the rollout of paid sharing because it is, in a sense, uh, a price hike. And they sort of, he, he argues, Netflix might not
3: like the look of raising prices when you got 10,000 writers on strike. I thought that was a... Netflix is a different kind of company. They're not as oriented toward can we make the quarter. They're oriented, oriented toward can we keep the creativity going. Maybe that's one of the reasons why it's so separate from uh, what we see with the other guys. David, it, 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 there's a company that's a kind, kinder, gentler company in Netflix. And that has historically gotten people to write for it who would write uh, for much more money elsewhere. And it seems to be a strategy that's worked.
2: I think uh, David's out of the mix for now, probably oh, getting perfect. ready for tonight. Perfect. Um, you did make the point, though, a moment ago uh, that Depot was off the, in- the morning lows. Yeah,
3: I just think that when you deal with a company like Home Depot and you realize that the company was at 347 uh, and it's come down a tremendous amount and yields 3%, and it could have a buyback at it's unlimited firepower, I, I don't want to be the guy who says, I'm going to sell it down to 3.5% yield. Uh, Read through to Lowe's and, I well, guess, Lowe, by a
2: further okay. extension, Target tomorrow.
3: Sure. Okay, so Lowe's, it, there's, there's commentary from Home Depot that the do-it-yourselfers is at, is at Home Depot uh, and not spending as much as they'd like, but is there. That has been uh, Marvin Ellison's, this strong point has been the do-it-yourself. It's such an incredible, as a gardener, these are the key. This is Christmas. And Home Depot used to talk about this being Christmas, but instead they got so bogged down by what happened in California—the rains—that and by this notion of hard goods being full up—that you have a, a, an undertone that's just downbeat. Uh, but we're not getting that about travel. I like the travel. You got the Royal Caribbean, you got the American yes. Express, you yep. got the Expedia. Uh, so people are still traveling. I don't want to be too anecdotal about this, but they're the house is the house is a home. People have really fixed it up, and they're not moving. And the the mortgage rate's too low to give it up. It's really rather extraordinary. There
2: had been uh, some charts circulating this week. Uh, If you look at open table seated diners beginning to soften up a little bit
3: in recent weeks. Well, the Bank of America credit card was a little bit weaker. But Uh, it
2: it reminded me of Shaq, which today at least looks like they have some kind of uh, agreement with
3: Engaged um, on adding a couple board members. I know that liquor sales are down a little. Uh, That matters, too. But they're kind of interesting. There is a, a dry January continued more than people thought. That was highly unusual. Uh, there is every different generations that are spending like mad, and other generations that are conserving. There's an undercurrent of layoffs that people we don't talk about enough, where people are losing their job in, in a very what looks like a very a vibrant economy. So it's a it's the most mixed picture I've seen in many years.
2: Um, China. So we got Baidu and Tencent with double beats. Right. You got uh, Michael Burry doubling down on BABA and JD, which uh, China tech is now almost 20% of his portfolio.
3: Well, look, the Chinese historically have done this to us over and over again. They make us realize, you know what, we're the most vibrant market. you got to put money with us. Uh, I don't think that people recognize that the PRC can put its finger on the scale and make any company look better. Uh, And I say that because look at Nike. Nike's got good Chinese business, and, and the stock is doing quite terribly here. Uh, if you were on Starbucks, which my child just owns, you heard a company that said, listen, we're plus three, minus three this quarter. That certainly wasn't what I wanted to hear. So you have individual companies not doing that well, except for the big Chinese companies, which I think are basically saying come hither. And I don't like the come hither trade because it's hurt people so often uh, in America because the Chinese tell a pretty good story.
2: Lucy, Lucy in the football. Y- yes. That's a bit of that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, take a look here at the market. Dow, Dow's down about 90. Uh, bonds, we're, by the way, we're getting a ton of Fed speak today. We've got Mester Bostic, Williams, Logan Bostic again tonight. Uh, the short right. ends up, 4.05 and the 10-year. Almost back to 3.55. Don't go away.
3: Time for Jim and Stop Trading. You know, club. I have my investment club meeting tomorrow at, mid at noon. I hope people join the club. And we've been buying Foot Locker because Mary Dylan's Mary there. And one of the things she's done is she's introduced on holdings in a major way to Foot Locker. Now, they reported a quarter this morning, 78% growth. Uh, the good gross margin, they did not raise uh, their uh, er, their EBITDA, earnings, earnings for interest taxes. They did raise their sales, which is then leading people to believe that maybe things aren't as good. Let it come in and then buy. This is the fastest-growing footwear company in the world. They're doing incredibly well at Foot Locker. I'll be saying that tomorrow. The stock is up 79%. You're going to see profit-taking. But it is a very good story. Yeah, and we'll, get, and we'll get Foot Locker on Friday, right? Yes, and Mary's, look, give her some time. Look, it took her a while to do Ulta, but then when she turned Ulta, Ulta became the growth story of, a, of our retail era. She'll do the same thing to Foot Locker, but you can't do it in, a, in two quarters. It's too hard.
2: A little bit of a spill here early on, Jim. Uh, back to 4120. I guess we're just gonna be plastered to our screens watching uh, that ceiling I mean, tape.
3: Look, I think that the comments by, by Janet Yellen were. I thought they were uh, out of keeping with what I was hoping. And I just think when the president gets on a plane, it may be the speaker's time to say, listen, I had a deal. Where was he?" And that's that's all bad talk.
2: Yeah. Uh, We'll be watching uh, the tape closely today, Jim. We'll see you later. Uh, Dow is down 170, yields, uh, as we said, higher. Uh, We'll take a break. Oh, look at this. Uh, Sam Altman. uh, Oh, fantastic. this, uh, This hearing on the Hill talking about AI regulation on a day where we got Nadella talking to Sorkin. um, And uh, we'll watch how the Senate views AI oversight uh, in the hours to come. That's That's a big story for us today as well. Don't go anywhere.
1: You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street.
5: its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer.
0: You can host the best backyard
5: barbecue.
0: When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside.